Welcome to Earth's Mightiest Weirdos. We have gotten mightier as Ultron has gotten stronger. Welcome back, Piano Rob. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, man. How are you? I am good. Your shirt gets me so excited for what's coming in the next 10 weeks, man. I cannot get over it. Mark Valentine, how are you doing tonight? Hello, sir. I'm very excited. I'm in a great mood tonight. I'm ready to talk Marvel. Oh, man. I am with you. And instead of Mark Adams tonight, who's having car trouble, so we wish the best to Mark, and he gets everything fixed as he needs to, we have our first-time debut debut weirdo for Sarah. I do not expect this to be Sarah's last time. How are you doing this evening, Sarah? I'm doing great. I'm excited to make my debut with you guys. It's excited to talk about Black Widow. Let's do it. Yeah, Black Widow is your number one character in not only in the MCU, but in comics in general. Is that correct, Sarah? That is correct. Yes. If you want more comic book talk about any sort of comic book character, especially Natasha Romanoff, check out at the Nerd Emporium on Instagram. Sarah has got you covered there. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So we will get right into it. Uh, first and foremost, Sarah, I know you're very excited about this. Um, Disney and Scarlett Johansson have come to a settlement in their lawsuit, meaning Scarlett Johansson and Disney and or potentially Marvel Studios. There is a potential in the future for something to happen. The Tower of Terror movie is back on. Sarah, I know you're happy about Scarlett Johansson getting what she rightfully deserved. Yeah, I'm 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 glad I'm glad they came to an agreement. Um I'm particularly excited about the last line in the article I read that said, I think it was her lawyer made the statement that they're looking forward to continued collaboration, um, not just on Tower of Terror, but um, I, I, I'm just excited. I'm excited to see where it goes. I am, I am in the camp. I will die on the hill that Natasha is not dead. She will come back somehow. <laughs> I know it won't happen, but I, I will believe. I will keep believing. You were willing to die on that hill even if she also did. Yeah. Rob, I know you're you're excited about this too. We are both fans of, of Scarlett Johansson. I wanted that Tower of Terror film and whatever else comes in the future there. I think you're happy to see this put to rest. I'm I'm very happy. Honestly, I thought the whole thing was silly. I can't believe it dragged on this long. It was it was pretty obvious this one. Like normally I could see sides from both, but that was just a greedy thing by Disney. You changed yeah. the rules and took money right out of her pocket. So, I'm glad it's fixed. Now it's now it's all as well in the multiverse. Well, not this one. They tried to pull the quick one and I I'm just it should have been resolved far before it got into public eye. Mark, do you have anything to say before we talk about Ultron? We we kind of speculated that we th we thought this would settle. We said this almost in the first episode that we talked about it. We knew it would settle. I just I don't understand why Disney played it out in the in the public eye. It's it's egg on their face. It just makes them look bad. I mean, from the from the the aspect of working with other talent, it just makes them look really bad. I'm glad that they were able to resolve it amicably. It it just should this never should have gotten out to the press. They should have said to the lawyers. They should have said to her from go. Listen. Let's, we are going to, yes, we're going to resolve this. We're going to come to an agreement. Let's not go into the press. We value your relationship. We value the work you've done. We're going to make this right. Let's work this out. It should have no. never have gotten out ever, but it made Disney look bad. She doesn't look bad. They look horrible. I think, I think if it had only, if, if they could live in a world where only she was affected, I don't know if they make this agreement, but I think Kevin Feige was upset. I think multiple other superstar actors were upset and it was not going to be not going to be a good thing. All no, of Hollywood sounded awesome. Yep. All of Hollywood sounded off on this. Everyone. And Disney doesn't want to find itself on the wrong side of, of talent in that town. You just don't. It's bad PR. All right. Before we get into talking about what if, actually let's go to you, Sarah, first, before we talk about if Ultron won, what has been your overall thoughts on the what if series in general episodes one through seven before we got to this point? Um, I, I, I like it. It is not my favorite series that they've put out so far. I think Loki was probably my favorite. Um, but this, I liked Cap the Captain Carter episode. And then this last episode was, was probably my number one, number two. 
of the whole thing. Um, I thought they were going to be a little more interconnected. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure. I mean, they brought in Doctor Strange, though, at the, not to jump ahead, but the, it might be. I, I don't know. Uh, I just thought they would be a little more connected, and it feels kind of disjointed. Um, I don't know. I, I'm still on the fence. I'm gonna. I'll probably make my final decision after, after Wednesday. If you've tuned in to any previous Earth's Mightiest Weirdos the last couple of weeks, especially, I was out on this show. I did not enjoy the Killmonger episode. I did not enjoy um, Party Thor. I liked the last two minutes of Party Thor with with the potential of Ultron Vision, and that vision was realized. No pun intended. This week, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, no James Spader. Um, Ali K is not happy about that. He's a, he's an expensive voice talent. And if Ross Marquand is willing to do it, then honestly, I think it was a nice blending of visions voice and, and Ultron's voice that I, I didn't, I didn't hate it, but we're going to get into our, our newest segment before we get into our, what if topic tonight, he's not live. Let's just say, man, the boy had to go to bed tonight. So we're going to do the world according to Jack's. I don't know if we're getting audio from it. Yeah, we're not getting audio, Bray. I apologize. I don't know why the audio wasn't coming through. It was I could hear it just fine. Uh anyway, okay, perfect. So Rob, I apologize about that. We'll get we'll get Jackson here in a little bit. But Rob, what did you think of this week's episode? What if Ultron won? I I love the episode. Oh overall, it's 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 keeping me interested. I'm trying to be patient also with, with all of these because you're expanding into such this big multiverse now that they can do anything that I hope they don't get sloppy with it. And I don't think they will because I, I trust them, but, uh, but who knows what's going to happen. So I'm very curious to see, but Oh, overall, what a fantastic episode. I'm a little, I'm a little confused as to the watchers talking to us, but <laughs> Ultron heard him talking to us. Like, did we break the fourth wall or we didn't because Ultron's not talking to us. So I got, there's a couple of confusing storytelling things for me, but, but overall I'm very curious and I still thought it was a pretty good episode. Well, Rob, they broke the fourth wall, the fifth. So I got, there's a couple of things. <laughs> they broke a lot of walls. They, they did break a lot of walls. Yeah, it, uh, it was, it was pretty weird too. Like when you were so zoomed in on Ultron's face and then Uatu was talking and it, it is kind of funny to think about like him talking, telling a story while all of a sudden Ultron can hear him. Um, it was it was very, very interesting. I like how they did it, though. I I was really happy um, with how they did it. Mark, what were your overall thoughts of the episode? Um, the, la the last two episodes, m much like you, it's not that I hated them. They just weren't my favorite. Uh, there were some really funny moments from Party Thor. There was some real like nice touches to the uh, Killmonger. But the, uh, the, the series started to lose me a little bit. And then, like you, I was intrigued. The part that I was intrigued most by with Party Thor was the the appearance of Ultron wearing all of the Infinity Stones. So this episode really uh, brought me back. But I think that a lot of the animated stuff has done that. We talked about that at nauseum with the Bad Batch, that it was the best of shows and it was the worst of shows. That's kind of where What If lives for me, man. It there's some episodes that I'm just like, I'm in, I'm sold and I'm all in, I'm chips to the middle of the table. And then there's other times that I don't understand some of the creative decisions and some of the, the writing. This was one of those episodes that I was like, damn it, I'm back in. And I pushed my chips back into the, t the center of the table for the finale. Like I'm, I'm back. Yeah. You got me back. Sarah, it sounds like you agree with that. Yeah. Yep. Perfect. I'm going to try one more time. We're going to go full screen with the boy. All right, so we're going to go to the world according to Jax. Jax, it was a big Marvel week, right? Yeah, it was. What made it such a big week for you? For me, um, all I've seen, so uh, on the What If episode, like, I don't know. I It's... It's unpredictable what's gonna happen next. Like, um, the Watcher asks help from um, do um, Doctor, the evil Doctor Strange. He um, gets beaten up by someone that's in a that's in um, a universe not that's not just like watching over all the universes. Right. And 
Um, I didn't expect Vision to be Ultron. It's been a while since I've seen Age of Ultron, though. Mm. And I thought it was weird that Thanos got cut in half. Yeah, that was pretty crazy, right? Yeah. yeah. What did you think of the Watcher and Ultron's battle? And the Ooh. Watcher's armor? The Watcher's armor was... I thought it, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I liked how... I liked how you pointed out that uh, Steve Rogers was becoming president of the United States. Yeah. That so, was... That was kind of cool. Yeah. Did it freak you out ever? Oh, uh, no. You excited for the finale on Wednesday? Yeah. Yeah. We also went and saw a movie on Thursday night. Venom, Let There Be Carnage. What did you think of that movie? I thought... I thought it was pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. You liked it better than I did. What was your favorite part? Um, I don't really know my favorite part of that movie. You just liked the movie? Yeah. Was Carnage scary? Um, yeah. yeah not too bad, right? No. Okay. Anybody, anything you want to tell everybody How about um, your podcast? Oh, yeah. So we started a podcast. The first episode came out on... Last week? Um, I don't think it came out last week. It did. It did? Oh. So it came out last week, and... I thought we did a pretty good job. Yeah? Yeah. You're going to get in touch with Bella and do another episode soon, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks, buddy. Welcome, Dad. All right. So as we did not discuss, he went and saw Venom Let There Be Carnage. We went together. Uh, If you want to be caught up on the Marvel multiverse, then go see it. Um, That's all I will say. Mark, I know you had more positive things to say than I did of Venom, Let There Be Carnage. So the bar was very low for me, though. I have to say that I was not excited at all to see Carnage. I was not a fan of the first film. I just didn't understand the first film. I had high. I went into the first Carnage with high expectations. I went to this one with none. And I came out pleasantly surprised. I thought uh, a lot of people were critical of the runtime, that it was only 90 minutes. But I found that to be like the be- one of the best aspects of the film, that it was in and out. It wasn't bloated. The runtime was not bloated. You had that nice interaction between uh, Venom and Eddie. It was playful. It was jocular. The two of them were funny. There were some comical moments. And then we introduced Carnage. There, like It wasn't overdone and overcooked, that we didn't have needless scenes that Carnage was in. It was pretty cut and dry, which was hero, bad guy, epic clash, End of film, amazing post credit scene. I like go see Venom. Let there be carnage. If that any of that appealed to you, the 90 minute runtime is the only thing that kept me from being mad when I left the theater. I'm going to be honest. (laughs) All right. We will get back into uh, talking about what if. Sorry about that. I told him he would make sure he got on the show tonight. Sarah, we're going to start with you. We open up with a one-armed Clint Francis Barton, as we find out later in this episode, and his Harry Potter invisibility cloak, and your favorite, Natasha Romanoff, and they are in Moscow fighting a sentry army. Yes. Um, I I will always take Natasha on a motorcycle, just any time. So will I. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, make that three of us. Yes. When she used her motorcycle um, to take out the the sentry army, that was pretty cool. Yes, it was it was really cool. I like that she had her Age of Ultron hair, um, and that he had his Ronin haircut, um, which is makes sense because he had just lost Laura recently and his family. Um, I thought it was a really cool opening. It was probably my probably my favorite opening of any episode this season. Yeah, they they grounded them in being like one of the only few survivors on the planet. I still don't quite understand what the 90 seconds were in this opening scene. Um, Can anybody? Yeah, yeah, what I I mean, I understand the 90 seconds later in the episode, but I didn't understand these 90 seconds. Mark, do you have any insight there or Rob? It looks like you might. I think I think what I was gathering from it, they must have something that they know they have X amount of time. They must have learned this, I'm assuming, from dealing with Ultron, that they have X amount of time before it gets uplinked to like the major, you know, the the mainframe, we'll call it, of Ultron. Mm -hmm. And I guess once that happens, once that mainframe is alerted, 
they're instantaneously getting to you. I think, but if you destroy every, you know, current linked Ultron robot that's there, it can't transmit that signal back to the the main hub. I did I explain that well? I, I think yeah, I, no, that was the makes, gist I was getting. It makes sense. I got like Matrix kind of vibe. Yeah, I got Matrix vibes from from that sequence. Whereas in the Matrix, where they would, you know, you would have one or two of the seekers that would then find you, and then the swarm would come. Yes. That's kind of how I took that, that if they're able to communicate a signal to the greater collective that you only have X amount of time to either wipe them out and like eradicate that ping or you just got to get out of there because you're in, you're in trouble. That makes sense. I really want to know how Clint lost his arm. Uh, I think there's a story there. Uh, we get some really good Clint Barton stuff in this episode. Uh, I like that invisibility cloak was throwing me for a loop, man. I could not I could not figure out what was going on there. And it's good that he didn't have the, the full Deathly Hallows because then he would have been a force <laughs> to be reckoned with. <laughs> it, it, it's funny though because they they do just throw things like that in like that i mean it was that's exactly what it was it's an invisibility cloak and they didn't no discussion bam he's got an invisibility cloak he's got a fake arm like bucky and and we're just we're, we're we have to be prepared to jump in there you're not allowed to ask any questions but i also love seeing their relationship is one of my favorite relationships in the marvel universe it's always more of a of a just a deep deep friendship. Like I'm sure there's times it's teetered one way or the other, but they they just they would do anything for each other and for the 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 good of mankind. I will watch those two in any mission ever. What is the what is the propensity though for the two of them that they they perpetually want to kill themselves for the other? Like what is that? It's they're like, finding themselves. They're they're human. That's 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 flaw number one is they are human characters so they're constantly finding themselves in situations that eventually one of them cannot get out of but they're selfless and they love specifically they love each other enough but they're selfless enough to sacrifice we don't trade lives captain at the same time they are willing to give up their own life for the greater betterment of, of mankind but it's these it, two it's always these two well and i'll tell you what well, i have a small I feel like Ahead, I was Sarah. just gonna say, I feel like they think they 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 owe each other. Also, on top of that, especially Natasha. I um, I had a small problem the way they did it in this episode because I felt like, dude, why didn't you just like shoot a bomb arrow and then shoot that other arrow? Like I felt like you didn't have to jump off <laughs> the cliff at that moment. Like, That's like, what like I was a yeah, yeah, it was like a like a Titanic situation where it's like there's there's room up here. You don't you don't have to freeze in the water right now. Like, <laughs> we can save you. But That's I, what I'm saying they're so both of them are like so quick to the punch with like wanting to die. It's like IG Eleven wanted to blow himself up with that thermal detonator. They want <laughs> like it's just like they want to blow themselves up. But but I will tell you, I think in this version of Hawkeye, he did give up on life. So I I accepted. Uh, that much of it. He was That's at a point fair. where he was like, yeah, he was like, uh, I've had enough. I don't want to deal with this anymore. That's fair. Like, that's a very fair that now that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. That he, he probably would want to do it anyway because he's lost everything that he cares about. Yeah. They ended up being the only two humans on the planet because Ultron tapped into the nuclear codes while they were trying to shoot down the satellites. Uh, they're living in a bunch of radiation at least. So that's kind of a bummer. Like in a van down by the river. Yeah. Eating a steady diet of government cheese. Um, but we, <laughs> we don't know how long Ultron's been on the planet alone, but he does, he is on the planet alone. We don't know exactly how Thanos got the other five infinity stones without the knowledge of Ultron. Regardless, Thanos shows up. And if you are going out there on the blogs and saying, the entire infinity saga is stupid because vision could have cut Thanos in half. Like just move on with your life. Like just watch the stories for what we're doing and don't worry about Ant-Man crawling into an orifice. Just watch the stories that we're given and I just, worry, just leave it. I don't worry about that. I just, I, I find that amazing. Like that. But I, I, I will yeah. tell you though, we got to stop and talk about that cut in half because come on, that was very poetic. He, Thanos is perfectly balanced now. Cut, you know, 50%. Boom. That was great. That was on purpose. Come on. That was definitely on purpose. Reality can be whatever he wants. The visuals, and there is an Amazon exclusive Funko of this Ultron with all six Infinity Stones. This is awesome. Sarah, what did you make of Infinity Stone Gauntlet? 
Ultron? Um, I, I, man, I loved it, but I also loved uh, some of the visual implications of it, like the the helmet or what his headgear was very galactic-y. The eyes were very Arishem, uh, one of the Celestials. It. This, this was in my notes. To, I, I wanted to ask you guys, so what, like, power level is he on now? Like, because he's transcended, it feels like he's transcended God status, celestial status, like, cosmic entity. Like, Phenomenal so cosmic power. Yeah. Itty bitty living space. Um, I, it's so interesting you said that because, because I also along with how crazy that power must be he's destroying destroying whole planets he's destroying ego the easter eggs are amazing i'm sure we're going to touch on them as we as we get through through the episode but and, and the other side of it though for me was we also know infinity stones didn't work in the, in the time variance authority so the fact that the infinity stones yeah. are now working across the multiverse and in that dimension that the watcher is in it not only do i want to know how powerful ultron is i also want to know how come those stones aren't powerful wherever the tva is located and like my mind is i i have so many more questions after these what if episodes but i think that's the point of them they want you to go down rabbit holes and assume the tva exists outside of the multiverse like it's it that's why the infinity stones don't work there. Like I, I had this conversation. I've had way too many conversations about a fictional stone, but uh, <laughs> the, my understanding is the way that it's explained is the infinity stones and including Loki's magic, everything within this, it doesn't work in the TVA, but that's specific to how special the TVA is and its role in everything. It doesn't mean that the infinity stones won't work in another timeline. We definitely know it, it'll work in another timeline because of everything happened in Avengers Endgame, but we, we have no reason to believe that they won't work in another multiverse either. So to have all six infinity stones at the, at the use of somebody who can tap into whatever computer, except for Arnim Zola, which we'll talk about later on, but um, that can tap into every computer across the multiverse. It's, I think it's really scary. And to answer Sarah's question, like he is, a celestial galactus he's he i mean he's the biggest bad we've seen of any sort that can even be imagined in in this i mean and you sarah would be the one i would go to for the for the best comparison mark what did you what did you make of sarah's question in the infinity gauntlet ultron you know i will be honest this was where then i started to have a lot of questions myself i couldn't make i couldn't make a lot of sense other than i was just accepting it at face value that because of this power and then because of the power that he wields across the multiverse, that that enabled him to take on essentially any form that he wanted. One of which was this world eating Galactus, which I, that was the moment where my mouth just opened. I was like, Oh my God, like, how do you, how do you then? Yeah. How do you then stop that? How do you stop? Yeah. And is this the first reference now to Galactus? I believe in the MCU. Yes. Is it even a reference? I mean, like I a mean, vision, yeah, visually, it, yes, it looks like it. Well, that's what I mean. We know that's who it is. I mean, if they're yeah. going to try to tell me it's not Galactus, but we, you know, yeah. we hear Fantastic Four, we hear all these things, we haven't actually really seen anything yet. That's your first tease. I think that's one of the biggest things of the episode that they teased him. Rob, early in our show's history, one of the things that I framed and said, what I'm very excited about the Eternals is that I think that we're starting to get to that level now where our heroes are getting very overpowered and then the villains will, will reply in kind. That as our hero's power grows and we start to see the introduction of even more powerful um, you know, individuals uh, coming into the MCU, that the villains are going to have to match in order to provide balance. So... I, I do. I think that's Galactus. I think we're going to start to add Celestials to that mix and beings that are all powerful. It's exciting. Like, that's what I'm so excited about. It's, it's interesting. We're adding Celestials in four weeks from Thursday. Yeah. And, and also, the main interesting thing is we, we don't really talk about this. Tony Stark pretty much invents, creates his own villains every time. He yep. gives, or at the very least, he gives the villains the technology to combat him. It's always based on what he created, which is always interesting to me. 
from a box of scraps. From a, from a box of scraps. <laughs> well, so, I mean, Ultron goes through. We see Asgard. We see Sakaar. We see all kinds of different worlds that are being completely obliterated by Ultron and his interstellar connection, which plays a massive role later in the episode. Um, but we, I don't have the guy we would usually go to for early 90s specific references. But, Rob, I'm going to go to you on this one. Carol says that Sky, Skynet did not need a sequel. Is she correct? Not only is she correct, even though we've had many weird sequels and even an attraction at Universal Studios. But <laughs> what's a, what's amazing about this to me is it always puts her in the 90s. And I love that. It puts exactly like where Steve Rogers references come back from the 40s and stuff. Her references always stop right there. It was a direct Terminator 2 reference, direct Skynet. And that's exactly what Ultron really is in this episode. So I thought it was brilliant writing, brilliant reference. Loved it. If Carol was only like eight years earlier, it would have been a War Games reference. And I would have been okay with that too. But I, I'm i with you. They're they're keeping in kind of, of how these characters operate, what their personalities are. And I think that that's central to this entire thing. But while we're talking about Galactus and being the biggest villain we've ever seen, right now we still have Kang floating out there from a live-action standpoint. What if counts? It's a multiverse, but it counts to an extent, especially with, with, with Ultron doing what he's doing. You have to wrap up this story this week. I don't think you can leave it floating out there if you want, it, if you want people to, to think that it counts. Mark, do you have any thoughts there? So while he's not here in absentia, I do want to credit Marky Mark that in our discussion, he very much believes and will, will stand on this, that he does believe that the Doctor Strange that we get later on is going to have a crossover and that this series will have live action ramifications, that the Doctor Strange that we are seeing here in What If will be a part of the Spider-Man film. The I don't opinions expressed on this podcast are solely that of the opinion giver and not that of Earth's Mightiest Weirdos. See, but, <laughs> no, but I, no, but that's what I like about this group. That's what I like about this um, this channel is that we're we're not afraid to be wrong and then admit that we're wrong. Unlike the countless TikTokers out there that blow smoke up your you-know-what and they, they're wrong 90% of the time, but then they come back and say like, oh, I knew it the whole time. We, we've said stuff like me in specific, like I was wrong on 96% of WandaVision, but we weren't afraid to take those risks and say these kind of things. I like that Mark took that risk and he swung for the fences and said, what if is going to have ramifications in the MCU? It's not just going to be a standalone animated series that Dr. Strange is going to, he's going to come over to Spider-Man. I like that. I dig it. Sarah, do you want this show, not I, I, I think you would agree it's fourth of four Disney Plus series so far. Do you want it to have live action ramifications and it's only animated because of the cost it would have been to make it live action? Uh, if it means we get live action Captain Carter, that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, I think I, I was just thinking I was processing what Mark said. Um, that would make a lot of sense. Uh what we talked about when the Spider-Man trailer first came out was how bizarre Dr. Strange was acting. And I, I think that would make a lot of sense um, if it was a different version of him. And to be clear too, that this is Marky Mark's opinion. I'm quoting, I'm giving him credit for it in absentia because he can't be here tonight because of car trouble. I know he would have brought it up tonight. So I full credit to him. That's not my theory. I I think the only thing that holds me back, and Rob, I Rob Mark said you would be proud of him for that theory, and I think you were. My only thing is you are asking a lot of your audience to even Star Wars can't rely on their audience to consume animated projects. You're right. Fifteen percent Star Wars fans watch the animated stuff. Give me just a second, Mark. We'll go to Rob, and then we'll come back to you. Um, you yeah, know, but that's what I, was, I I agree, and that and that's why. They, they, they got to be careful how they connect it. But but then again, are you expecting people to watch Loki and WandaVision and everything else to know what's going on in, in your movies as well? So this is where this is where this is where it gets weird. Like, I, I don't know what they're doing. That's why, I like I said earlier, I have to trust them until they prove to me that I can't trust them. So as long as they don't get sloppy with it. I'm OK with it for now. Didn't, didn't Feige say you'd have to watch the series to know what's going on? 
if you want to be fully caught up now, that being said, if you got to infinity war and you didn't watch Thor Ragnarok, you'd be a little bit confused, but they give you four minutes in every film of introducing what the infinity stones are. They give you the bare minimum. If you want the full story, you absolutely need to be caught up on, but I do not expect that somebody who hasn't seen WandaVision to get into Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness in March and be completely confused and never have it explained to them. I think there's going to be two minutes of, yeah, Wanda did this. And now she's looks like this. And then same thing. If Kang shows up in, in multiverse of madness, or if we don't see Kang until quantum mania, they're going to at least give some sort of explanation as to who Kang the conqueror is. Mark, I said that even Lucasfilm doesn't require the, or doesn't rely on their fans to consume all their animated content. And you had something to say to that. They don't, but they also tell you and communicate to you that it's canon. And so it does give it validity. My my point was going to be, and what I wanted to say, the surefire way to give this show stakes and validity inside of the MCU is to connect something, albeit small, is to connect something to a greater film, to have there be some continuity. And I hope that Marky Mark is right. I hope it is uh, evil. You know, I hope it is strange. I hope that would be really fun. It would be it would be shocking. I, I will be surprised that that's what happens. Uh, but there has to be an explanation outside of of Peter just being selfish or whatever that may be to to Doctor Strange acting the way that he does. And I hope that that gets explained. Um, can, I, can, I, can I tell you a little theory I have while we're on it? I was I was wondering if if at somehow in the finale of this, it's going to be they need some type of team or something to possibly even combat this Ultron or at least put the multiverse back together. And so this Doctor Strange, I, I was thinking maybe he was he's posing as Peter's Doctor Strange to basically trick him into the multiverse to, to whatever team up we need to do to get to the next big thing. It's, it's possible. I, I don't know if I like the idea of Peter just being tricked by another one of our heroes posing. He's as always him. tricked. He was tricked by Mysterio. He's tricked. He's always tricked. That's, that's his thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, I did not do that. He took himself out, but he'll be back, I'm sure. It's his uh, act. It's he's Mysterio. He's still here. <laughs> he's just well, well, we've referenced it a couple of times, but I want to spend a little bit more time on it. Sarah, Ultron is sitting there looking over, for lack of a better term, a grateful universe. He did what Thanos tried to do and couldn't. And Uatu is narrating for us. As far as we know, he's simply a narrator and he's just a voiceover. Turns out that Ultron can hear everything he's saying. Yeah, as soon as soon as the close up on, on his eyes happened and he like turned his head a little bit as Uatu was speaking, I was like, Oh my god, can he hear him? <gasps> what? And then and then we had this amazing battle. Um, but I'm 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 still very fascinated by um like how elevated his existence is now. Um, I, I just, I, it's, I mean, I think Rob was talking about the team, you know, uh, them having to put a team together to, to, to beat um, Vision Ultron. Um, but I, I don't, I mean, I don't know. It seems like he is limitless in his power. Even the Watcher had to run so, and I don't know, I don't know, is that, well, this is. We'll get there. I think it's an yeah. observable multiverse at this point, but we will, we'll get there. Yeah. Mark, what did you make of Ultron becoming aware of Uatu and Uatu's shock? He did answer our question last week of, has he seen everything that will ever transpire? It turns out as far as he's concerned, yes. He has. Um, it was a cool moment. It was a really fun reveal. Uh, you know, everything, everything that Sarah said, I agree. So I, I can just add this little joke. I was just very impressed at the hearing aid tech that Ultron apparently has to hear across <laughs> dimensions. That's all I've got. Fair enough. I'm, I'm excited for the opening of this finale because it certainly will not open with, I am your guide to these vast new realities. That's clearly not how this week is going to open. It wouldn't make any sense. Rob, what did you make of Ultron becoming aware of Uatu? It was, it was, it was very, I mean, it was interesting. It was crazy. I, I didn't expect it, but I think very much like putting um, Hulk against Thanos in Infinity War very early, they want to set how strong this version of Ultron was. Vision Ultron, Vol we can't use Voltron. You can't say that, I guess. But they, <laughs> they wanted to, they wanted to set how strong he was. So we know the Watcher has this 
kind of limitless power himself. So that was the biggest thing I took away from it is this is how strong Ultron is. Let's, you know, be ready. And now my desire to use the term Voltron is growing. <laughs> Thanks for that. Something that they low key also are throwing in there was how there's only one other character in this entire series that has been aware of the presence of Uatu. And that is Dr. Strange, the Dr. Strange that we get at the end of this episode. That's how powerful this Dr. Strange is as well. He didn't have the ability to come crashing through the mirror dimension or whatever that Uatu is, is sitting in. But Dr. Strange is, is aware enough that Uatu existed because he could hear him talking that they waited. Now I see why the Dr. Strange episode fell in the manner in which it did, because we forgot about yeah. how powerful he was and, and becoming aware and everything. Um, and I just think that's just something I thought of. Go ahead, Mark. We did speculate at the end of that episode that we, and we hoped that he would come into play somewhere that he was left there for a reason, just kind of in limbo. He didn't die. And we had speculated that we thought he might return. So I was happy to see him come back into the fold. And he's not evil. Like he's not evil. And that's going to be, that's going to be the most interesting thing where he's done a lot of self-reflection. Mm -hmm. He's, he is a man eater though. <laughs> well, Sarah, we're going to start with you again, because you've been waiting for Natasha to go into the Raiders of the Lost Ark, mm -hmm. AGB archives. And what did she find there, Sarah? I, the Red Guardian's shield, which made me, um, I think screech might be the right word. <laughs> um, it was just, it was so great. I, 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 uh, I think I, I said it somewhere else online and I can't, I can't find it, but I had a receipt because um, it showed very briefly in the trailer her with, with a shield. And I thought, oh my God, if that's Red Guardian's shield, I'm going to lose it. Um, and I liked, I liked seeing her like in the KGB, like it, seeing in, in Russia, I think is this, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it just, it was, it was super fulfilling as a Natasha fan. We never saw Red Guardian wield his shield, except on the action figure in the jail before they break him out. So it was great to see that shield. And that's the place That's the place you would find it. That was the exact mm -hmm. right place to find it. It is huge, too, when Natasha had it on, on her yeah. back. This belongs in a museum. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, that was a good one. I, I, I would have I used the sound. I like that one. Mark, what did you make of the Red Guardian's shield? And just one, we got a Raiders of the Lost Ark reference. We also got a the plans are not in the Death Star main. The Death Star plans are not in the main computer. I lost it. So many Easter eggs. This was a highly enjoyable episode for that reason. Even when I know you'll talk about this later, when they're crashing through the multiple realities, we got an amazing Star Wars Easter egg there too, as well. Yes, it we was did. so fun. It was this was it was a great episode. Again, this is the episode that just when I thought I was out. It pulled me back. Ah. In. One thing, Robin, we're going to, we're going to go here with you. We aren't sure how all these multiverses, if we're supposed to believe that they've played out up to what we knew about until a certain point, we find out now that Natasha went to camp Lehigh in New Jersey with Steve Rogers. And she's already been aware of Arnim Zola. Uatu is very involved, really wanting him to, to find these plans, but he's not willing to break his oath yet but they're looking for arnim zola we find out that natasha has very much lived that life before and then rob what did you make of this entire arnim zola stuff i like working arnim zola into anything to be honest i i i like seeing, i love it i love seeing him come back he's a very specific character it's very smart writing this part for me because he was this analog tech technology of how to put his, save his human consciousness. It was great. They also made the reference how it was uh, the only one left, like uh, it was the only consciousness left of him. So, and they don't have to explain it to us how he did that technology because it's not possible, but it, it was a very smart plan because also going back to the Age of Ultron movie, that's how they ultimately de defeat Ultron is Vision is able to, you know, um, isolate, um, his programming. So you can't go out. So this to me was a very interesting and a, and a very smart plan. It made sense. It was, it was fun for the episode. Love it. 
I really didn't need it explained to me because I think it's one of the most interesting and entertaining parts of what is one of the most interesting and entertaining movies in the MCU of Captain America, the Winter Soldier. That scene when Arnim Zola comes alive in that computer is really, really good. I really, really liked it. Mark, what did you make of Arnim Zola? Uh, It was a lot of fun. I I like him as a character as well. I like him in the Winter Soldier. Uh, I like I liked his character in the first Avenger. Um, So seeing him again. Again, just brought brought joy to me, but it also the lesson. My my takeaway from this was: don't throw away your old tech, because if there's ever a apocalypse, you might not know that that second generation iPod could save the world. I was gonna say my Super Nintendo might come in handy, huh? It could. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he didn't, and Sarah talked about how much she really liked the Captain Carter episode. We didn't get a shisa as much as I really, really ah. wanted to call back to that first episode. We talked about it earlier, Sarah. Clint dies a hero's death. The visuals of this were really good. Oh, the visuals were, I mean, they were just amazing. I feel like we got a lot of Marvel perfect shots in this episode. Um, but I really appreciated how it all, I mean, despite circumstance, like except for the circumstance, it, it mirrored very much the way that Natasha died um, in end in Endgame, um, I thought I thought it was, I thought it was great, and it made sense for his character uh, that he was he was done. I think he had said, "I'm just done fighting." Um, Many times. Yeah, and so the way he went out was saving her and saving the world. So, Mark, I think you you had an appreciation for the Clint Barton stuff we got, right? I do. Clint, Clint Francis Barton. I do, um, but we talked about this before in the context of a, uh, a Jason Bourne discussion that I like Jeremy Renner. Uh, I like a lot of his work. I enjoy him as Hawkeye, and uh, I like a lot of the other stuff that he does. So, I mean, I, I like his character. I think, un- un- unfortunately, Hawkeye gets beat up on a lot by a lot of, you know, by a lot of fans out there. So this was really cool to see him get that end. I liked him as Ronin as well. I think he's a really cool and complex character. I just don't think they've written him all that well. So when you give him these kind of moments and you give that character a chance to stand out and to shine, I'm all for it. I think Jeremy Renner would agree with you. Have you ever well, seen his joke, his joke song as, as Hawkeye? I love it. Yes, yes, that is good. Yeah, if you have uh, on YouTube. The, the only thing I was going to add about this is where they are. It's very cool. They went to the Siberia place where Captain, the climax of Captain America Civil War was. That was the same uh, tunnel that, that they were trying to get Bucky out of, and they had that, that big epic battle at the end of, uh, at the end of the Civil War. So uh, another great Easter egg, how they tied it all together. Where Tony had to eyeball it. Yep. Yep. That is a, that's a great call out. Well, the Arnim Zola plan, it would have worked. It absolutely would have worked. Uatu gave us all the hints that it would have worked. But the problem is, wherever Ultron is, it does not appear to be in the observable universe. That Ultron has ventured into the multiverse, and as good as all computer programming was, and Zola's analog whatever program, it cannot venture into the multiverse because it's set up for interstellar connectivity, but not multiversal connectivity. Go ahead, Mark. He's stuck in a Warcraft 2 world, man. He just, you know, he's a dial-up modem can't do it can't go into the multiverse it's true so that was a that was a bit of a bummer it seemed like it worked for a second we obviously knew it wasn't gonna fully work the whole time ultron's a little bit busy in the multiverse and he is insulting uatu and uatu responds with you cannot commute or compute the power of my will and sarah he puts on this armor that makes him look like just an absolute beast yes uh it's awesome. I wish he had. Um, I wish he'd gotten a little bit longer to kick butt um, before getting trounced. Um, but yeah, that was a really cool moment for him. And I love Jeffrey Wright. I think the yeah. way he delivered that was perfect. Oh, Jeffrey Wright has been just so good in this role. I want to remind me. I want to ask about Jeffrey Wright before we before we end this episode. We just say uh, that Jeffrey Wright is great in almost everything that he does, from Boardwalk Empire to Westworld to even the even the Hunger Games series. Like, just dude. He, I mean, like 
He represents in the Hunger Games, which I was not a fan of those. And I was still like, yo, Jeffrey Wright is representing. When I read those books, I imagined the character of Beatty being exactly Jeffrey Wright the entire time, even before. Wow. Yeah. That's it, just, yeah. it made perfect sense. Yeah. So, Sarah, does his armor, I know he looks straight off the comic books from what I've seen of yeah. Uatu. Is the armor something that was pretty screen, uh, page to screen? Um, I think so. I think color scheme. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't remember if his, um, I don't know what you call this. It's not a cowl, but the collar, I wish it had been a little bit higher, but, but yeah, I thought, I thought it looked great. Anthony, go ahead and give us your speculation for the finale. We'd love to hear what Ryan would love to, uh, to share. Thank you for clarifying. He's from New York. So I know who I'm talking <laughs> to. Uh, Rob, just the, the watcher, you cannot compute the power of my will, just everything that he is. What did you make of all that? Uh, I was just, I don't really have much to add. I just enjoyed the scene because I don't know how powerful he is. I know he's super mm -hmm. powerful. I know he has the ability to see the, the, the multiverse, but we haven't seen him fight. We haven't seen him interfere, which he did uh, many times. Uh, Fantastic Four, I think, is where that started happening in the comics, if I'm correct. So uh, uh, another call back to them, which I'm curious what they're doing. But he's obviously very powerful. How powerful and what he's going to do with it, I don't know. Let's, but we're going to find out in two days. He's been doing a lot more than watching. I mean, he's been lifting some weights and working on his fighting style because <laughs> he was pretty adept. I want I want to do a montage to uh to that song by the police with him with him watching everybody. <laughs> I have, what's what's the song? I can't remember the artist, but it was Michael Jackson lent his vocal talents. The I always feel like somebody's watching me. That oh one. yes, 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 yes. That's I get I get that all the time from him. <laughs> also, if you are not watching Only Murders in the Building on Hulu, you should be because there's a reference exactly to that song by Sting that you just talked about, Rob, and it's it's fantastic. I do That's love great. that Ultron called out uh, how creepy Uatu is by being the Watcher as well. I thought that was absolutely hilarious because we've all seen the memes going around the internet of the person in the group that just sees everything and never comments or anything like that, that they're very much just the Watcher and Ultron completely calls out how creepy it is. Mark, you brought it up. I would like you to tell us all about Mustafar. Mustafar. So one of, one of the many multiverses that they smash into it's uh, very clear for any fan of the Star Wars universe or fan of the prequels and Revenge of the Sith that you can see that this is the Mustafar system, home to where Obi-Wan and Anakin engage in that epic duel. I hate you! Where Obi-Wan takes residence on the high ground, Anakin greatly overestimates his power, getting his uh, legs cut off and one of his arms and then falling into the lava. But you can see Vader's castle in the distance. If you blink, you miss it. But yeah, this was a moment where, but Sarah, this was my moment where I squealed, much like <laughs> your Red Guardian shield. This was me because I am a Star Wars shill. And I, I like freaked out when I saw the Mustafar system come into my screen. I was like, Marvel and Star Wars coexist, albeit briefly in the same yeah. universe and it was like such a, a wonderful moment for me that was my second geek out mode second most geek out mode of this entire seeing multiverse after multiverse after multiverse landing in times square and watching the inauguration of president stephen grant rogers was the greatest thing that i could ever want in a multiverse and i wish we could live in that world uh we'll get back to uh ryan's speculation here okay. when we get to the end of this show but sarah what did you make of of Watsu just getting the multiverses literally beat out of him. The animation was pretty incredible here. It, it was amazing. It was, I think it was with each punch, right? It was like yeah. a different, um, I, there was one, I don't know if it was this sequence, but there was one, um, again, another Marvel perfect shot where it looks like, um, I think it's just Ultron. So it might be a different sequence, but he's on a little Island in space it's like this rocky place but it it visually looks like they lifted it right out of the infinity crusade comics and for a second i was like oh my gosh is lady death gonna appear that's that's amazing but it looked that was another geeky moment for me was seeing 
basically just a page from the comics on the screen. Is, uh, Gore, the, is Gore the God Butcher in that one as well? Is he? Um, it's possible. There's there's a lot there. Okay. I mean, Silver Surfer, Warlock. There's a lot in in those in those six i think it's six issues if silver surfer gets introduced to the mcu through what if i'm going to be upset rob <laughs> what did you make of this scene what just the multiverse to multiverse just yeah, this yeah fight scene? just finishing up the fight scene it was i mean it's exactly what it was it, it, it was for those easter eggs they can give us some of the fun little stuff and i think it's just trying to show you all the the different worlds i think they want you to know the extent of the multiverse that i, I think that's really all the main thing to take away is anything is possible because you know we use the word infinite a lot but if you actually like infinite is ridiculous infinite possibilities endless possibilities like you can go anywhere with this so that's why it, they got to contain it somehow and keep a lid on it so we don't get too far off track this is where i and i've said this on multiple occasions where if if the multiverse is going to quote unquote count this is where i get nervous is in five years or in 10 years or whenever it happens the multiverse i don't want it to become an excuse for lazy writing or filling in something that you just yeah. can't think of at this okay. point we're four series and 25 films into yeah. almost 26 27 by the end of the year films into the mcu and everything works sometimes you just got to be a little bit forgiving i mean recasting roles or whatever yeah. edward norton to, to mark ruffalo like that's the kind of stuff you got to be forgiving of but it's tight-knit we don't have the problem of a superhero character that can fly in 1984 on the jet streams and then 35 years later shows up in a re-released film that has a black and white version and she can no longer fly we don't have that kind of of challenges that happen within the MCU. And I, I'm all for the multiverse, but I do not want the multiverse to be, well, in this universe, he can do this because of X or because I said so. That's what I don't want. My biggest well, fear, I, too, my, my biggest, optimistic. my biggest fear is that they're going to use this to retcon something that's just not popular. I think, well, and, again, lazy writing. And that's where until they prove us wrong, I'm going to trust Kevin Feige with Marvel the way we trust Dave Filoni and, you know, and, and John Favreau with the Star Wars stuff. And you got to hope that these people do their homework and they don't miss something really big as continuing these stories because nobody's ever tackled empires like this to keep so much content going. But that's why we're all so immersed in it. It's not it's not even, you know, trilogies used to be a big deal. And then it was like if they made four or five movies for a season, this is insane what they're doing. But that's why we're all in on it. That's what scares me about Spider-Man No Way Home. If they pull this film off, like I hope they do, I, it's going to be incredible. But if it's just giving us, hey, the Raimi films count. Hey, the Garfield films count. It's all in their own little multiverse. And, and then everybody plays in their own universe. Sarah, go ahead. I, well, I just had the thought while you were talking. So if, would, do you think they would try to do that with Into the Spider-Verse as well? I, and I only say that because some of that animation uh, when he's when they're battling, um, it reminded me a lot of the multiverse, th that wormhole animation from Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, it's it's possible. And and like I said, if, if it fits within the story, I am all for it. Yeah. But I reason. just don't want it to become the, the catch all for this is why it's different. I don't want to be too pessimistic. But I want the 616 universe to remain the 616 universe. Um, we get we've talked about it a little bit. Mark, we'll we'll go to you on this. Doctor Strange is coming to the rescue. He's getting Uatu to break his oath finally. Yeah, I like I liked this again. You liked the Doctor Strange episode, so I figured you would like this. Yeah, I like the Doctor Strange episode again. You know, not to toot our own horn, but we speculated that this was going to happen. We said immediately at the end of that episode that them leaving Doctor Strange in that predicament lent itself to them bringing him back into something. That's when I kind of said that, you know, m maybe what Mark Adams had speculated could could be true. That th And that episode dropped, I think, very close to, if not like right when the Spider-Man trailer came out. Um, and it was really close to it. But I, I like Stephen Strange. I like the interconnected nature. This is what you and I had talked about with this series, that we were hopeful that it would connect and there would be universes kind of working with each other. So when he goes back to spring Doctor Strange from 
his timeline and from this collapsed world, like to me that worked and it was a lot of fun. That's what this series should be. Um, and again, I am hopeful that there is some kind, I know not everyone in the comments agrees with this. I'm hopeful that there's some sort of crossover into the live, uh, you know, sacred timeline, because then I think it gives this series a lot more gravity and a lot more stakes. So if this strange is somehow introduced to the live action universe, I'm there for it. I'm all about it. Yeah. Sarah, and, and I'm, we, Dr. Strange, we talked about it earlier a little bit. I, it, it set us up as the only place Uatu could hide from Ultron at this point, because it's not in an observable, an observable multiverse anymore. Um, he's yeah. Dr. Strange still seems to hint at the end of his episode that Uatu could, could do something that he could potentially get him out. And I assume that that's what's going to happen, but what do you expect? And I'm going to pull up. We, um, we got the, the poster for this week's episode. Gamora is here. We've been waiting for Gamora to find to to show up. So combined with Doctor Strange, Sarah, do you expect Gamora to be friend or foe? And what do you what do you expect to happen? What are you hoping to see? I, I, so I have been wanting something for a very long time uh, since Guardians Two hinted at it. It it looks like the that prison that Dr. Strange, evil Dr. Strange is in is some sort of like hidden pocket dimension, right? Um, and who can access pocket dimensions and other dimensions is Adam Warlock, who, I mean, I don't know. This is a crazy, just a crazy theory. That'd be gutsy. Uh huh? That would be very gutsy. It would be very gutsy. Um, I, and I know James Gunn wanted to be the one to bring him in, but um, I think, I think this could be Gamora possibly avenging her father, which would not make her nice, which would make me sad. Um, but I think she's going to be foe. Yeah. The, the enemy of my enemy is my friend type of situation. Uh, avenging um, which, avenging which version of Thanos? The one that he split the, in half? The one that... Ultron, yeah, the one that. Oh. Well, let me let me ask you this while you're going on this. If this is the same Gamora, how did Thanos get that Soul Stone? Are we supposed to assume the story went the same way because Gamora's alive now? Thanos had five stones. So Anthony brought up Ryan's um, Ryan's speculation of is this is this how they tie it into the Sacred Timeline? Is is this the 2014 Gamora from the end of Endgame? I would assume with the existence of that double-edged blade that Thanos has in Endgame and the fact that it's not been pulled apart by Scarlet Witch, if for no other reason, I don't think this would be the Avengers Endgame timeline. Anything's possible. Um, I I mean, Thanos is dead. Gamora's alive. If that's how they tie it into the sacred timeline, I don't hate it. But I mean, it looks like the armor was made for her, though. It does. Is, it looks interesting. I, I am of the opinion... She is the enemy of the enemy is my friend. She they all have a common goal here. And then she's the big bad of of season two. That's what I that's where I think that that we're headed. Rob, would you you don't agree I, with that? I don't think so. I, it may it would make sense. And anything's possible. I just feel like people have grown to love that character so much. And there's so many like I think this version of Ultron would make a, a better, bigger bad than 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 Gamora, does that make sense? Like I I don't think like I I wouldn't mind if this version of Ultron we see him oh you know over the next couple movies and he's the next big bad and the big team up because this is the biggest villain like I said we've seen so far. I know it's a cartoon form, it's on a show, it's not in a movie, so I think that takes away from it for the viewer. But in the in the realm of reality of what we know, like you know Mark's done his uh, battle royales, we put the most powerful characters together who we're gonna fight. I think this version of Ultron is the most powerful character we've ever seen in the, in the MCU. Yeah, I mean, show or not, I think animated does have an effect. Uh, but by putting Jonathan Majors in Loki, they put Disney Plus. They're playing with the big boys. Do, do you think? Do you think they are throwing us off with the armor and the sword, and we assume that she is connected to Thanos? Because Nebula, Nebula had a good relationship with Thanos earlier in the season. Right. You, you could, if, 
you could argue yeah. this version of Gamora never got a, adopted by Thanos. You know what yeah. I mean? That that's this is where the multiverse can. Yeah. This is where the multiverse can get sloppy and where we let, let's speculate for fun. That's what this show is for. But at the end of the day, we have to sit back and kind of be like, all right, tell me the story you want to tell me. Cause I can't, if, if I want it to be the story I want to hear, I'm more than likely going to be disappointed. So how long is this final episode though? Because I feel like you can't really dive into that story and still resolve what is there. I'm prepared to be very open-ended at the end of this episode. I'm, I'm preparing to leave this episode as a very good episode, but with a lot, a lot of questions that we're going to have. No reported episode length. Okay. That I can. I feel like I, I feel like to try to resolve the Ultron storyline. I think you have to use Doctor Strange and then flesh her out properly. I feel like that's just a tall task in one episode. Yeah. It was supposed to be, it was originally 10 episodes um, and it became nine. We don't know why. Did, did episode nine become an extended episode that was two parts? That's possible. Um, I read about it. The, it ahead. was a very light episode, they said. That was a very light Tony Stark episode. And I, there was, for some reason, they could not get it finished in time. And that's when they, they moved it to the beginning of the next season, whatever that episode is. Fine by me. Is it? If, if that's if that's what that is, then that is completely fine. I, I think they said something like they really liked it because it was a very light episode after these episodes, which were going to be very very heavy, which most of the series was very dark. So it was a, it was a lighter episode, a little more uplifting, from what I understand. And the yeah. title of the title of nine is what again? Not released. It is only listed as so what if one point yeah. nine. So what if we're what if we're just working under the assumption that we're gonna get a long story with Gamora here. What if, what if that's the end? What if that's the end image? Ooh, I would hate that so much. <laughs> I mean, we're, Listen, we're, they, you know, they're going to leave you wanting more because we're, we're, we're yeah, going to watch yeah. it. You know what I mean? I, I'm not expecting, I'll tell you what I'm not expecting. I'm not expecting M Mephisto to be the big bad of this episode. I'm not expecting <laughs> Are you that. sure? I'm Are not, you I, sure? Professor, uh, you know, I, I, no, just say. My money's on Mephisto <laughs> and, and Professor Xavier. You sure? Brian still I but Brian hasn't collected on that debt yet, by the way. No, no, you're right. All right. Well, I can't wait to get to it. We will have that on Wednesday. If you have not checked out Star Wars Terrifying Tales and you want to get into a fun Halloween mood, check that out. There is plenty of there is the, of course, the Halloween episode of WandaVision. We are talking holidays. It is the holiday season. And because of that, we're gonna play a little bit of Family Feud to wrap up our episode. Name the holiday that Star-Lord would most likely return to Earth and celebrate. We will start with Sarah. Ooh. Oh my gosh. Six um, on the probably, board. I would say Halloween, but I don't know if that's recency bias. Number uh, five. Mark. Christmas. Number one. Rob. Thanksgiving. Sarah. Another one? Number two. Yeah, we got you gotta answer six. We got number two, number four, and number six left. Uh, Independence Day. Number two. Mark. It's not Father's Day, but I'm gonna go with Mother's Day. Oh Ooh, that should have been on there. It is not. What? No, now I'm I'm going with this because I, I figure it's a holiday with good music. I'm gonna go with New Year's Eve. Number four, there is one answer left, and good luck. Oh, is that bad? It's it doesn't make Easter, Earth, is it? Earth Day. Boom, she got it. It is Easter. <laughs> oh, it doesn't make sense. It's Easter. This what do you mean, what master do I serve? What Jesus? am I supposed to say, Jesus? Let's celebrate. <laughs> this is the first time that we've completed a card. That is, it is. Woo! That's why I picked that card. We were talking holidays sarah you won the game for the first time so congratulations thank you sarah what do you have going on we got the nerd emporium on instagram mm -hmm. we are gonna see each other this weekend I'm so excited. partying together it's gonna be grand what do you else what else you got going on uh just that i'm starting my uh little side hustle uh buying selling trading comics uh, at the Nerd Emporium on Instagram. Working on my website, coming soon. What is going on in Piano Land? Only uh, only two live shows for me this week, uh, public shows, both at Boathouse Friday night 
and uh, and Sunday brunch. Other than that, it's going to be a week of Halloween Horror Nights and house renovations for Piano Rob. <laughs> and in this Diz Life land? We have uh, Erica and Jacob Price on from uh, Makers of Magic and Wishes. They're just such nice people. They're incredible guests. They talk about their time in the uh, Disney College program. And then we play 50th anniversary this or that. And it was a lot of fun. It was just a really fun, light episode. And we always love it when they have a chance to join the show. I cannot end the episode when we have this good of a comment sitting there. Strange <laughs> might use a similar process to find heroes to save the multiverse, much like he used to find the powerful en entities that he absorbed. I love that theory. That's a great theory. That that could be that could be the reason. That, like that's how they work that episode in. That would make sense. That would make a lot of sense. Yep. United we fan. Kara was our guest host last week. We talked Parks and Rec. Mark and I went head to head in Diz Life Jeopardy last night. He is not thrilled. That's all we will say. You can find that. Is, is that is that why his car had trouble today? Yeah. <laughs> Mark Marky Mark chose poorly. We also today recorded an episode that will be out this Wednesday, just in time for No Time to Die. We recorded an episode all about the Mount Rushmores of all the goodness that is the James Bond franchise. Thank you so much, Sarah, for joining us. Like I said, it will not be the last time. We are grateful that you were here, gentlemen and Sarah, for all time. Always. Always. <laughs>